Welcome. My name is Amir Yosef from Pong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. And today I'm going to talk to you about against popularism. What is popularism? Popularism is why don't we just do what's popular? If we do what's popular, we'll win elections for the short and the long term. And popular things could be giving away all sorts of goodies or, you know, healthcare and, and, and all of these other things, abolishing student debt, which are popular. And so people think, well, if I run on them, I'll win because they're popular. And if they're popular, I will end up doing good things and win in the short term and long term. That doesn't work out because it's popular in an co incoherent way, right? Um, because what part of what it is to govern is to have priorities. And if you just uh, rattle off a laundry list of goodies without disclosing your priorities, you haven't actually put forth a vision of governance that's coherent. So people will pick the candidate who's less um, uh, popular in terms of policies, but a more coherent vision of governance, including how all of this gets done. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to break it all down after we hit the beat to the beat y'all Change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would state facts. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black and it can feature in your front. So people say, well, if we just do what's popular, we'll win elections and influence people for the long term. And I'll say, no, that's not how it works. You have to do what's coherent. And then you have to sell the coherence in a culture war. Right? You can't just do what's popular and expect to actually get support. Um, that's not obvious. And that's actually a good thing. Right, You need to divorce what's popular from what's actually good. Because it's quite possible that actually making black people whole in these United States will never actually be that popular. You got to do it anyway. So you're fighting if you're actually fighting for freedom for my people. You're fighting against what's going to be popular. And if you're not willing to do that, then, you know, you're not really just, you're, you're simply not serious about justice for the American Negro. Um, so popularism will say, if we just had, if we just stuck by um, the most popular positions in a given party, be it healthcare or forgiving student debt or something like that, we'll be popular and um, we'll win elections now and to the future. And I'm saying that's actually a bad way to govern because it divorces policies from coherence in governance. And it um, divorces priorities in policies from the content of those policies. Because popularism assumes that you can abstract all of these individual goodies and have it make sense. You can abstract all of these individual policies without actually putting forth a vision of governance that actually like uh, uh, entails how all these policies are produced and what you're willing to fight for and priorities and have it make sense. It, it won't make sense and you'll get lose to the person who puts forth the less popular uh, suite of policies but does so in a coherent fashion and so that they all develop out of each other out of a coherent sense of what the role of government is in our society. Right? And so what you have to do is sell people on the role of government in our society. And that's going to be a cultural war because they've been acculturated in thinking government does, government does one thing. 
So you have to like you have to fight the culture war and then develop a suite of policies out of what you've understand government to do in like the role of government in people's lives. If you just go for the policies first, that will be incoherent and you'll lose to a more coherent, though less popular suite of policies. Right. And like I said, black people, um, the arguments matter because something like reparations, it will one, never be popular Two, if you just do it because it's popular, it'll be like the Republicans version of reparations, which will just be enough shut up money uh, to say that we did something without actually making black people whole. Uh, and the goal is to make black people whole, not just give them shut up money. Uh, so to make black people whole, you're going to need like a deeper cultural assault, honestly, because you have to understand America, depending on uh, like it's, it's a center right nation. America is not built for racial justice with respect to American descendants of slaves. It's not built for it. It's never been built for it. Um, so like you're talking about changing the culture of America, which is something that we need, we need to do. We need to change the culture of America. If you're serious about getting, making black people whole, right? And that's not going to be popular. So why does popularism lose? Because it doesn't disclose the priorities of, and the reasons why, um, a certain suite of pop, uh, policies are popular. And if you don't disclose the priorities, then you don't know the content of the, the politician's politics because the priorities of these popular um, uh, uh, initiatives and campaigns is part of their content. You can't just abstract little goodies that you like and expect that to kind of uh, Voltron together a, a winning campaign. Uh, because there won't be any coherence. There won't be any coherence, and there won't be any ideological program about how these things are produced and 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 sustained, right? So they're like, I can't emphasize this enough. This notion that you could just kind of do what's popular, and how is is lazy politics because it's not actually trying to help people understand the role of government in their lives. It's just trying to bribe them with what they think they like, what they've expressed that they want, but they really only want it in isolation when you don't talk about the costs. You don't talk about how all these things fit together because if you actually talk about how all of these things fit together, then you're talking about a vision of the whole. And a vision of the whole is what politics will do, but that vision of the whole will have some parts that are popular, some parts that are not popular. Um, so keep this in mind when you find people who just kind of promise everything because they just think, well, I'll promise all the popular things and that way I'll win. And it won't actually be done with any sort of sense of seriousness and or a sense of ideological coherence. You can, pro you can promise all of the popular things and still no one know what you're about. <laughs> No one know what you're about, except happening to be promising all of the popular things. And that's a problem because if they don't know what you're about, they don't know the seriousness with which you'll fight for these popular things or the seriousness with which you'll compromise them or give them up for other popular things. Right. So this idea that you just give people what's popular and they'll elect you um, and you'll be popular, it's kind of... Uh, People, I mean, it won't work. 
<laughs> it won't work. They, it has to be popular for a reason. And everything has to fit together and there have to be priorities and the priorities have to be made clear and coherent through a reason. Right? And even if it's not popular, even if they don't think they'll do it, but they might appreciate the coherence and the clarity and the reasons uh, why you did it and they'll vote for you anyway. Right? So, or why you're fighting for this and they'll vote for you anyway, even if they don't think you'll actually like pull off what you're going to do. They'll, you'll at least convince them that you should. Um, and not because they happen to agree with it antecedently, but because like it's the right thing to do because of these reasons that you've given them and how like one political priority develops out of other political priorities into a coherent vision of governance. Right. And that's how you'll, you know, lead progress in, in the nation and in our political culture. And that's the quality of progress we'll need. And if you want to make black people whole, right. So this idea that popularism, that you can get in just by promising everything people want because they want it without any sort of ideological coherence besides I give the people what they want um, is a losing idea. And it should be a losing idea. You don't want people incoherently uh, voting for you just because you happen to appease them. Because what if they want you to appease them on something that's awful? If you're in the appeasing business, and that's our political culture of appeasement, then um, you're not actually like teaching people how to govern. And the role of, I think, the role of political campaigns and the role of democracy, uh, democratic leaders in general is to grow people's capacity to govern themselves and govern themselves with other people. Ah, it's, that's organizing. Right? You're, growing their, you're growing someone's native capacity to govern with you. Right? So, um, popularism, abstracts, individual policies without disclosing priorities. And if you don't disclose the priorities of your policies, you're not actually disclosing the content of your political vision, right? Because if you don't disclose the priorities, like nobody knows what you will give up, what you'll compromise, what you're really about. You just happen to be about all of these things that happen to be popular. But what if another suite of things happen to be popular? Would you be about those too? Or do we only talk about what's popular? But if you only talk about what's popular, then like you're, you're lying by omission. You're like, well, you know, I have some popular views and I have some unpopular views. I only talk about the popular views. No, that's a form of lying by omission and people sense that too. So you put forth a coherent vision of governance that will include the popular and unpopular parts, but it'll do so in a compelling way, and that's the culture war. And then once you change the political culture, boom. Then we could talk about the policies that flow out of that culture, including reparations, right? So you have to make the unpopular argument about why black people are owed <laughs> uh, some of the legacy wealth and assets and how you can't really have a democracy in America with such a disproportionate share of assets held by so few people. Um, Cause that, that monetary power becomes political and social power and then you don't really have a functional democracy. What's funny is I was listening to some, uh, to the Breaking Points live thing in New York today and they mentioned that, um, 
is populism the same as popular popularism? No. Well, when I think of populism, populism proper, it should just be establishing the conditions for democracy. <laughs> but those conditions for democracy also include workers. It also includes like all of these other people. It includes a populace, right? So it, it, I, popularism is going to be something different. It's going to be, well, I should run on what happens to poll well. Where, uh, where, where, what happens to poll well, right? So that's the wrong way. Um, so I, you know, I was listening to uh, the Breaking Points live session this morning, and in, in New York, it was, it was pretty cool. Crystal had on some pretty cool shoes, and um, anyway, and the, she mentioned that the big dichotomy in American life is assets versus non-assets, people who have assets versus people who don't have assets, and the people who don't have assets are um, pretty much owned by the people who do have assets, which means, and, and, and they were talking about it like this is news, but what they don't know is that's black life. <laughs> like, assets are intergenerational. If our grandparents didn't have assets, we don't have assets, and I'll be with you in a second. My kids just came up. Want to come say hi to the people? Um, uh, mom, mom went to run an errand with Bay. She'll be home in probably about 15 minutes. But I do have some turkey burgers cooking. Say hi to the people. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Graham. Graham. And how was school today? Good. Good, 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 good. Okay. All right. I'll finish and I'll be with you in about 10 minutes, okay? Okay. All right. All right. So um, there's a distinction between the asset holding class and the non-asset holding class, and that's only going to get worse unless we actually do something about it. And the, what's funny is that what I suspect is that they are understanding that a lot of America has <laughs> like assumed the position of black life, <laughs> where it turns out that if you didn't have assets in America, like it, it was always hard. And, and now we need policies. For All right. So thank you for your time. I'm going to go feed this one. And, <laughs> and if you support anything I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in $5, 15 or $50 a month. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.